guys, welcome back to the Candy Connects podcast. So again, I am filling in for Stephen on, on the show, um, but really excited about the guest today. Um, they're doing some fantastic work at the street group, and today we welcome the head of talent there, Laura Whitworth. Welcome to the welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Good. Nice to be here. Yeah, no, it's fantastic having you on. So thank you for, for taking the time to do this. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously we've had a little chat there and whatnot, but you know that we're, we're going to go through your history and kind of build up to, to where you are at Street Group and, and obviously run through the recruitment process and how you found things, in, in, you know, in your career and how it's changed. But I guess to begin with, let's um, take it back to 2012, if you don't mind me saying that, University of Derby, you, gradu- Derby, you graduated um, in photography and then recruitment. How, yeah. how, did, how did that transition happen then? Yeah, so um, basically I I did what, you know, pretty much everybody that works in recruitment does, you know, I kind of fell into it. Mm. Um, the kind of backstory is that, yeah, I did photography at uni, I kind of came out of it and I had what I can now describe as like a very fixed mindset. So, you know, I came out of uni, I didn't get the the grades that I wanted, I got a 2-2 because I was basically just partying and, you know, enjoying my we life. Did. yeah, don't blame <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> Uh, but that kind of you know in my mind that just translated into like I am a bad photographer and I was like I cannot make a career out of this you know like I'm just bad at this I was really kind of talking myself down um so I was like you know career in photography no chance so I was you know interviewing around and kind of seeing what else you know what else was out there and what I could do um and I think I just had my CV on um you know like a job board like monster or something like that Um, And I was also interviewing for like customer support type roles. So I'd gone and interviewed for, you know, one of those and basically had this job offer on the table and I was going to accept it and kind of go into customer support. Um, And then kind of, you know, the day before I I decided to accept um, the the agency I ended ended up working at rang me um, and basically said, you know, we found your CV on Monster. Like, we think you've got some good experience. We want you to come in. Um, so yeah, before that I'd worked in like various like sales and, you know, like I worked on the, the market for, uh, you know, my first oh, nice. job. And it was always like people. What, were you, what were you selling on the market? Um, I was working on the fruit and veg stall. Fruit and, and veg, I, I could see yeah. that. I pictured it straight away. <laughs> it was selling your apples. <laughs> yeah, that is still one of the best jobs I ever had. I absolutely yeah. loved it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's yeah. A, I suppose that's a good setup for recruitment. Then you literally stood there talking to people. You've got to be kind of quiet, quite a character, and, and kind of get yeah. yourself out there. It's not a bad start, is it? Exactly. Yeah, I was, you know, like talking to our regular customers yeah. and like you know, chatting to the other stall owners and like mm. learning all the time about like new produce. It was, it was just great. And obviously, I got loads of free fruit and veg as well, which is always a benefit. Um, so yeah, so I had all that, and they'd seen that, and basically asked me to, you know, come in for an interview. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit like, well, I've got this job offer on the table, like, what's the harm? So yeah. I went in there and I basically, you know, like like many of us do, I got sold the recruitment dream, like, oh, you'll be making, <laughs> yeah. you know, a million quid in your first year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a catch. So um, the catch was that it was a 50% commission only job. So there was no base salary. It was just like, whatever you earn, whatever you bill, you know, whatever yeah. placements you make, you'll just get 50% of the fee. Okay. Um, but I'd been sold this like, you know, dream of making loads of money. And I was like, well, you know, I, I kind of liked it. I was like, I'll be in charge of how much I make. You know, it's yeah. kind of like this almost self-employed kind of thing. And I, 
I'm like thinking about it now. I don't know whether subconsciously I wanted to kind of like prove something to myself that, okay, yeah. maybe I'm not so good at photography, but I can go out there and work really hard and like make, you know, my yeah. own success. So yeah. yeah, I was like, right, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's how I uh, basically got into recruitment and yeah, I've got, you know, I can tell you all about that. I've got some, some funny stories and it was a funny time, but um, yeah, that's basically how I got into it. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was obviously recruiting for, for other companies. So you were obviously, you know, an external recruiter doing that and you worked, you worked, is it right in saying you worked Berlin and a few other markets as well there? Yeah, so I, I basically, um, you know, joined the company, I got taught the basics, and then they, you know, basically just give me a laptop and give me a phone and kind of left me to, to it, you know, yeah. um, which was kind of fine. I, I quite liked that. So I was, you know, basically testing things out, like seeing what worked, trying different markets, trying different like job types, like different developers and things like that. Yeah. And then kind of like found or, you know, somehow kind of created this little niche where I was hiring mobile developers like Android and iOS developers at yeah. the time um, into, you know, various companies in Berlin. So I had, you know, some bigger ones like eBay um, and, you know, like Lieferando, which is now called takeaway.com. It's like a food delivery company. Yeah. Um, and then there was like smaller startups as well. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like found this little niche and then sort of, you know, it just started like snowballing a little bit and, and it was great. And I got kind of, you know, my I started in, I think it was like June or July. And then had, you know, kind of one smaller placement, which kept me ticking over. Yeah. But then like December time, I had like three or four mobile developers, like all accept at once. So that's when I was like, you know, this is a big amount of money for me, yeah, yeah, you know, previously like a poor uni student, like just yeah, a couple yeah, of months yeah. ago kind of thing. Um, and I was like, you know, I can do this. Like, this is yeah. great, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I, where I ended up. And, you know, I like was like the top biller in my second year and there was other recruiters Amazing. there that had been there for like you know a number of years and stuff like that so I was you know proper feeling good about myself and I was like yeah, yeah. I can do this, this <laughs> you know? yeah and then yeah. and then you obviously well it sounds like you absolutely smashed that and then you kind of moved is that right and saying you moved after that into into the internal side then and what what made yeah. what kind of drove that decision to to move over yeah, so there was a couple of things. Um, so one was, you know, like I say, it was like this commission only set up um, and I was very much kind of like managing myself, like managing my own time and like, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And that was working really well. And then the directors wanted to bring back somebody who'd left. So to kind of tempt him into rejoining, they said like, okay, you can like head up, you know, this division. Um, and he came in and, you know, obviously he'd got like a great background and he started trying to put like, you know, more kind of structure and KPIs and things like that, like certain amount of calls, certain amount of emails, um, which at the time, you know, obviously I was young and it kind of like, I was like, well, you know, I'm not getting paid a salary, like what I'm already doing works. And now we've yeah. kind of switched to this new setup and it's not working as well for me. Um, and then also we, you know, I moved out of my parents and like, you know, moved into our first rented place and obviously... Yeah with this kind of, you know, sporadic commission only setup, you know, it's not a guaranteed income every month. Yeah, so that's yeah, when yeah. I was kind of like, you know, and honestly, like I, I am not meant to be in sales, like the kind of, you know, cold calling and things yeah, like yeah. that. I was like, I don't want to do this forever, you know? So I was like, <laughs> I like the recruiting side. I love talking to candidates and things like that. Yeah. So I was like, what if I, you know, move in house and move internal? So that's when I decided to yeah, make that decision, which yeah. I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, so, so you moved in internal, you've worked at some some huge companies, to be fair, in, in Peninsula, Sainsbury's, 
um, Lad Bible. What was it like? What was the difference, I guess, between that and obviously, yes, the cold call inside of things, you probably didn't, well, you didn't have to do any of that, but what was what was the main difference in, in recruiting, what you found? Yeah, I think one, one of the key differences was, um, you know, like in, in internal, and I think that sometimes there's like this disconnect between like, you know, external recruiters and then internal, like, I think the hard thing with internal recruitment is, you know, if a job's really tricky and you can't fill it, you can't just decide not to work it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. the end of the day, that's your company, that's your stakeholders, and they need yeah. that job to be filled. Whereas when you're in an agency, you're like, I'm just wasting my time here. You know, I can spend my time better somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was an adjustment. Um, and also having your stakeholders that can just walk up to your desk, like they did in Peninsula, they just come up to my desk and be like, How are we doing with this? And you'd be a bit like, Oh, on the spot, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a slightly different mindset, not as kind of like numbers driven as well internally, yeah. I think, you know, um, and yeah, I guess they're kind of some of the key things. There's probably loads more, but that's yeah, all I can yeah. think about. Yeah, yeah, no. And in terms of in terms of that, then you mentioned, you know, you kind of if you've got a role and you've got to fill it, you kind of can't walk away. And, and a lot of agencies do kind of take that approach where, like you said, you know, this is hard. I can go and do something else. Do you reckon there's a... There's an answer to that. Obviously, engaged recruitment came about where, you know, you put your fees up front and you kind of, you're involved and you, you, you do you reckon there's, a, there's an answer though what will keep people involved in a job for longer from, from an external side as an internal recruiter? Can you see that? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, right. I'm struggling with that one. No, it's all right. I mean, I, I genuinely just, I just, it just pops into my head then and whether, whether you thought, you know, there was anything for that, but it, from, from, an internal perspective then, what do you think external recruiters, you know, agency workers can do better to, to kind of create a relationship with you and, 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 and obviously, you know, improve that relationship between internal and external side. So it's not a split, it is, it is together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, I thought about that a lot because obviously like, you know, I come from that background, like I understand, you know, parts of it, you know, I was only yeah. there for a couple of years. So I'm not saying I'm a, you know, um, expert external recruiter, but yeah, I know like how hard it is and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I also know all the tricks and the techniques and the lines and stuff like that. Cause I used to yeah. use them myself, you know? Um, but I guess what I would say is um, like, there was a couple of things. So one is like, you know, recruiting with kind of like empathy so like sometimes I'll catch up with just people I know that are external recruiters and you know I think I'm going in for like a chat or like you know to kind of like keep the relationship up or you know whatever we're talking about a completely separate topic and then they'll you know like slide in recruitment which I get but at the same time I'm like is this all you wanted from me you know yeah, like you yeah, only yeah. want one thing <laughs> I just so like to build like, a relationship yeah yeah um so that's the other thing and then the other is like you know some of the really basic stuff I mean I'm sure you know you would kind of be shocked at this but there's still you know recruiters that'll email me for like you know roles we don't even hire for or like the completely wrong tech stack or you know they'll like email me and say like oh you know it must you must be finding it so hard at the minute to hire you know PHP developers and I'm like I just posted on LinkedIn last week that we like hired like you know nine yeah, devs yeah, yeah. in the past few weeks like that's not what we're struggling with so it's just a bit of research I think you know I, I know it's hard though because it's just kind of like 
sometimes it can be a bit of a numbers game, but I think putting yeah. that, you know, effort in um, and making it, you know, a bit more personalized and, yeah. you know, building that relationship, you know, hopefully will pay off in the long run. Yeah, so. definitely. And I think, I think we tell candidates, you know, instead of applying for, for 100 jobs with one CV, let, let's tailor your CV, let's, let's kind of add a little piece, let's have a cover letter, let's, let's send it to them and make sure that you know you're invested in, in this application and the company. And I think it's the same with recruiters, you know, do a little bit of research, find out a little bit about the company you're trying to, to work with and the person you're trying to work with as well and, and kind of send something across and, and start building that relationship from, from day one, really. Um, yeah. I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, sorry, I digressed a little bit there, took us off at a little bit of a tangent. I wanted to, to steer it back. So, I mean, yeah, you, you've done the internal side. You obviously, you know, you, you worked at a few companies and then 2020, you took a job as head of talent, which is, which is obviously a great title to begin with, but head of talent at, at Street Group, which is a, a company which is starting to fly now. Um, but I guess, first of all, who are Street Group then? Tell us a little bit about, about you guys and what you do. Yeah, definitely. So basically, we are um, a SaaS company that are, you know, trying to make the property industry a better place. So, you yeah. know, I think, um, you know, in general, the, the public have this view on estate agents that's maybe only <laughs> mirrored by their view of recruiters. <laughs> you know, like a necessary evil kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that perception is kind of down to, you know, the technology that agents are using and kind of how, you know, that impacts them and how it impacts their business and then how yeah. it impacts like general public. Um, so yeah, a lot of kind of, you know, their technology was built like 10, 15, you know, like 20 years ago even. Um, so, it, you know, it is kind of like this legacy stuff. Um, and like I say, that affects, you know, the, the sort of end customer, if you will, like the general public as well. Um, so we are trying to make, you know, this whole kind of process of moving house easier for everyone, like the estate agents and their customers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have a couple of different products. Um, one is Spectre, which is kind of like marketing for estate agents almost yeah. um, and kind of helps them, you know, continue to build those relationships even after like a, sa a sale has been made, say. Um, and then um, also we have our new product, Street, which is being launched on the um, 24th of November. So depending yeah. on when you listen to this, it could be, uh, you know, not yet launched. Yeah, just getting launched now, potentially. We could get it out in time, so that could be nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that is going to be basically, you know, transforming the way the agents work. So it's going to be replacing these like legacy, you know, software systems that they use for every day. Mm. Um, you know, the general public is going to be able to use it as well and just be able to, you know, do what they should be able to do, like instantly book a viewing, you know, rather yeah. than ring the agent and then they ring the homeowner and then the homeowner can't do those times and they have to ring you back and get the new times and, you know, all that, like rather than that, yeah. just like book it in on your phone immediately. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, what, what we do. Um, but I think the backstory is really interesting as well. If you don't mind me uh, talking no, about that for a couple. No, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. So we basically have, um, a brother, sister, co-founder team, which one, yeah. I already love that as like a storyteller. And I have to tell these stories to my candidates already love that. Um, you know, they kind of grew up in the industry, like, you know, mom, dad, aunties, uncles were estate agents, love that as well, like, it just kind of ties in this whole, like, family theme, um, and then, you know, as you can imagine, when you kind of grow up in that, in that, in an industry, you end up kind of falling into it yourself, yeah, definitely. um, 
So yeah, one of our co-founders, Tom, you know, started working at his dad's estate agent um, and there, you know, basically ended up building the very first version of one of our products, like completely bootstrapped, you know, never went out for investment, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and kind of once he built it and him and his dad's estate agent were using it, realized that, you know, it's probably this could probably make other people's lives easier as well. So he set up, you know, our company. Um, that was five years ago. And then, you know, we've just started growing and growing ever since then. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think it's really funny. I, you know, the, the kind of brother sister duo, like we always tease them about it and like say that they're, you know, husband and wife, because it's like Tom and Heather's staff. So they've got the right. same surname. To be honest, before I looked into it, I, I, I did think the same. And I'm not going to tell, yeah. I should say, I'm going to do another podcast with, with these guys. Um, with the making it series and, and proper get into to the depth of how we, how they started Street Group and and the whole like obviously I'm hoping we'll get the whole backstory in, in yeah. detail as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I did think the same. Um, don't tell them that though before the podcast. We'll, we'll you maybe tell them <laughs> after. But um, no, I, I genuinely thought they were they were husband and wife at first before I did my research. So there you go. They'll hate this bit when they listen to it. <laughs> Maybe I should. I'll edit it out. I'll, I'll take it out. <laughs> yeah. So you know, they they kind of did did really well and sort of like grew the business, like you know, kind of steadily at first. Um, and also, you know, their their kind of approach, like we had this successful product specter. You know, it was marketing tool for estate agents, or they call it prospecting in the industry, but it's you know, marketing for for the rest of us non non industry people. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they weren't, you know, kind of satisfied with, you know, just solving that one problem. They're like, you know, there's other problems within the industry and, you know, things could be done so much better. And then, you know, that's why we started building street. So, yeah. And I think the the whole like bootstrap story is, you know, so, so rare, I want to say, like, I don't know. I don't think there's too many startups that are fully bootstrapped. Um, so, yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and like I say, I'll definitely, when, when we sit down, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued and, and to find out how they went about that and the whole process around it will be, will be, you know, amazing. I'm sure it's really interesting. And, and one thing I did pick up on there was, and, and again, I'm going to kind of delve into this with these guys in even more detail, but with, with yourself, like they, they were obviously clearly very passionate about the industry and that's where the, the company came from. But when you were speaking then, I could tell you were passionate about it as well. And like you said family and, you, you know, you tease them. That, that, that is the, uh, the culture has kind of come through from, from that passion, I guess, hasn't it? So it's, it's, it's yeah. fantastic to kind of hear that as well. And, and I guess that's why Street Group are, are doing so well as well, part of the reason. Yeah, definitely. I think there's like that and like, you know, a couple of kind of other key things that like run through our culture, which are, you know, yeah. just kind of, yeah, really, you know, make me happy as a recruiter. Cause you know, the worst thing for me is to work at a company where I'm not passionate and I'm not excited. And, you know, I've got yeah. to try and like fake it to candidates almost. So it's yeah. just makes my job so much easier when I actually really enjoy it. Um, yeah. But yeah. And how important is that then? Is that something you place a massive focus on when, when searching to, for, for candidates in the market, do you, do, you, do you specifically, you know, yes, they have the skills that will get them the job potentially, but for you, is it more about filtering out, right, who fits in this company, who's going to therefore stay at this company and, and be as passionate as, as I am and the rest of the team are? Yeah, definitely. I think that culture, you know, fit piece or culture ad, I like to, you know, think of it all as mm -hmm. instead, um, is so important, you know, 
not just for us, but for the candidates as well. You know, if they're, you know, are, um, you know, if they prefer like maybe a slower moving company or like one with loads of processes or, you know, that kind of thing, like we are not for them. Um, and that's okay. Like, you know, obviously we're not going to be right for absolutely everybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as somebody who's kind of like, a little bit concerned about like empathy and like worries probably a bit too much about other people being happy like yeah. you know bringing in people and having them you know be happy in their working environment I feel like it's a big responsibility on my shoulders because it's like you know especially if I've sourced them like you know I've gone out there and basically sold them the job or sold them yeah, the dream yeah. and you know how, how um, do you deal with that then how, is that part of the onboarding process do you think do you, like do you do anything I spoke to, to someone the other day and they kind of send out a little package when people come on board and kind of, you know, kind of really try and bring them into the business straight away. Is that, is that, is that something you've implemented at, at Street Group as an onboarding process? Yeah, so I would say um, the, the kind of like, you know, welcome box and things like yeah. that, like that's still something where we've yet to do. Um, but it's more about for us, like, you know, kind of building the, the relationships or making them feel like they're a part of the team before they join. Yeah. 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 Um, so we have like, you know, during notice periods, we'll set up like, you know, a couple, two or three calls with different members of the team, oh, great. Um, especially in like people that aren't in the team that they're in. So they can meet, you know, other people in the business and yeah. things like that. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. And then, you know, once they join, like everybody's giving them such a good welcome and like we're making sure that, you know, the first day and the first week are like super structured and they're getting to meet other people in the team. And, you know, they've got all these kind of calls because normally in the office, you'd just like pop around or, you you know, walk them around the office and yeah, be like, oh, this is like such a body, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, but it's so much harder to do that now that we're, you know, remote. Um, so having those kind of like introductions and helping them get to know people so they don't just feel like, you know, they only know their team and that's it. They're, you know, siloed from the rest of the business. That's like been super important. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and and as a business, obviously, you know, like I say, we've, we've had a chat and as a business street group are doing fantastic. You know, you, I think you said something like 95 percent of, of, of kind of um, prospecting out there resulted in, in people taking up on, on the software. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it was 94%, yeah. <laughs> I was close, wasn't I? I was close. That's not a bad memory, though. It was a couple of weeks ago we spoke, to be fair. So, no, I, I knew it was around that figure. I mean, I knew it was 94%. I just, you know, rounded it up. Um, but, yeah, no, you, you obviously said, you know, you've had a really strong period during, during COVID. And, unfortunately, you know, you've not been massively affected. Unfortunately, a lot of companies out there have, have been affected quite seriously. Um, but I guess... From a recruitment point of view, how have you found that period, though? Have you found it to be uh, still massively affected from finding candidates? I know you, you obviously had a lot of candidates apply and you've, had, you've been fortunate enough to, to be able to hire people. But have you found there's been more difficulties in sifting through them candidates, for example? Yeah, um, yeah, there's definitely been, you know, more applications, like you say. So obviously that's that's more time consuming. Um, the quality, like I have noticed it's been like higher than, you know, in previous jobs where the market's been fine and, you know, yeah. people aren't kind of looking as much. Um, and I, I think that's for a couple of reasons. Like obviously kind of like the effect of COVID on a business like on their bottom line, you know, yeah. they're not making as much money. Maybe they have to make redundancies or maybe they're putting people on furlough and people are getting fed up and they want to be back in work, which yeah, yeah, probably yeah. we never thought we'd say before this year, but yeah, it's actually I a thing. <laughs> I never thought I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to get back in the office and start things. <laughs> 
but there you go. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely that side, but I think also, you know, on top of that, there's been um, like companies that maybe treated their employees not in the best way. And obviously, you know, you can kind of forgive them in a sense because we're all like, you know, this is so strange and like nobody knows quite how to deal with it. But, you know, I've heard people that I've spoken to that have said, you know, the entire reason that they're kind of open to listening to new opportunities or they're actively applying is because, you know, that they're not quite happy with something their employer has done or they've handled it, you know, not in a great way. And it could be something small, like, you know, the communication hasn't been entirely right, or it could be things like, you know, they've been asked to take a pay cut. I've heard that, which is obviously not ideal. Um, You know, even to like, the slightly or definitely illegal um which maybe we shouldn't even say in the podcast but you know people furloughing and then still being asked to work which is just like completely mind-blowing um so yeah there's definitely been you know some changes but yeah it's just been a weird year hasn't it 2024 yeah you can't you can't really say much else (laughs) than that can you it's just been it has been like you say absolutely crazy um but we are hopefully coming on to to the the end of it now and hopefully it will start to progress and the market is obviously picking up i mean people like yourself are are hiring now and and there are jobs out there unfortunately people i see you know we see the stories on linkedin people have been searching for jobs for weeks on end and they are starting to find them positions which you know hopefully fingers crossed that continues for for a long time to come um but i guess do you do you think this will change hiring um from from our point of view from a recruiter's point of view do you think this will this will change how how many people are hired for a position i feel during the during the lockdown i've noticed a lot of companies go oh, i don't actually i've now furloughed people i don't actually need this many people on on the books um nope. do you reckon that's going to be something what will hopefully revert back to normal or do you reckon people have kind of taken advantage of this and, and this isn't a question we were obviously we discussed before but just to, just get your thoughts on that yeah it's interesting um i mean maybe there are companies that have realized that you know they don't need as many staff to you know do to achieve what they were achieving before but i guess then the the other thing that you have to consider is like what's the effect on the staff that are left you know if you used to have a team of 10 and now there's only a team of five and the same amount of work's being done either like you hired the wrong people in the first place or if that are left are like you know really kind of like you know Right. and getting the work done yeah um and you know how long are they going to stay in a team like that um you know that's kind of like i guess the the longer term things you have to think about but yeah maybe um it's it's so tough to say because it's just like you know like say don't think or pretty sure nothing like this has happened before yeah so it's just just um you know what doing as a company is just sort of seeing how things go and like taking it you know like week by week almost um and I feel like that's kind of the same approach here like I think we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens yeah definitely definitely and obviously I I feel at the moment I mean your role must have changed slightly in the fact that recruiters like like myself can't get you on the end of a phone all the time um as easy so I mean how's that change been have you got like considerably more emails have you seen any new approaches or anything like that yeah um yeah i've seen a lot more like video um you know like intros you know little kind of videos being sent over yeah i've had those um i have seen many more emails and many more linkedin messages you know lots lots more of that um but yeah i mean you know 
recruiters they're they're as um you know hard working as ever i think you know they're not going to let a little thing like covid stop them no definitely not you know adaptability yeah how have you dealt with that then uh, like do you have a particular way of obviously you know you guys have done a lot of your stuff internally and 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 hopefully you know that will continue because you're having such success with it but i mean in terms of recruiters approaching you how have you kind of dealt with that in, in the past and what advice would you give to these guys you know reaching out to reaching out to you yeah definitely so i guess you know what we mentioned before about you know like making it personalized build yeah. relationships you know stay in touch do your research all that kind of yeah. stuff um is you know so so important because there there is a lot like the quantity is is definitely there so the only way you can differentiate really is like on the quality yeah. um so yeah i think that's super important um but yeah i mean in terms of like how i deal with it like you know it, it depends on the approach like if it's just kind of like i can tell it's been just mass spammed out to everyone like my name's wrong or like you know it's in a different font to the rest of the email and you can tell it's just been like that gone in there yeah. you know that kind of Stuff, then like you know I'm, I'm honestly like constantly just so busy and like if I replied to every recruiter that got in touch with me like I literally yeah. get nothing else done so I, I would don't that. take it personally as well if yeah. you know if anyone's emailed me and is listening to this you know <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah if it's any consolation guys I got ignored as well to begin with so <laughs> fine don't, don't worry about it <laughs> but no like you know, we, I think as a, as a agency side and, and external, you know, we understand that these guys literally, I mean, we get pestered by people trying to get us new business for recruitment. So what you guys are getting is like 10 times, hundred times that. So I think, I think as a, as a kind of industry, we understand what everyone's going on about. And it's like you say, just about being, you know, empathetic and, and kind of understanding everyone's situation and, and offering something a little bit different and, and specific yeah. to, to what people want. And I think I think that's that's the key really with 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 the whole situation and, and hopefully it'll it'll make the industry better in the in the long run. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. I always, you know, like when there's kind of recruiters that have emailed me with like, you know for example, like a salary report or, you know, some kind of interesting thing. I always make sure I reply to those kind of things because, you know, it's it's like an added value, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, well, and I appreciate it. that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the key to recruitment. It's it's, it's adding value to people. Yeah. You've got to provide that value. And, and sometimes that, that comes at a cost to yourself. It should be free. You know, you've got to give that value out. Um, to, to warrant any kind of return and I think that's the way the industry is changing and hopefully like I say it will it will change for the better now um, and we'll have I, I mean what I would love is to have a closer relationship from an external and an internal side I think it's key because as a company here we act as an extension of any team we work with and that's kind of our ethos that's what we want to do we think that's really important and hopefully you know I think more companies are picking up on that and hopefully we do combine and kind of come together as a as a community, because that's what we are. We're, we're all in the same industry and we all need to kind of put people in jobs and help people get jobs and the jobs they love. And that's what we all want to do at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely like a shared purpose there, I think, which is, yeah, definitely key. Just on, um, obviously, I want to talk about the, the future of recruitment, what what you think will, will potentially change. But I was just thinking then in kind of what you guys do is, is, is kind of, you've been brought up in an industry, you know, uh, Tom and Heather kind of come through that and, and found a gap and found a, not necessarily an issue, well, yeah, I guess an issue with the industry and the fact that it was all legacy. Do you reckon recruitment could have that, that gap or do you reckon people 
will always be an, a necessity in this. Me and you, people who talk to people, persuade people, kind of um, latch onto their thoughts and feelings and kind of really steer them in, the, in a direction really towards a role. Do you reckon technology will ever do that? Will ever take over in, in any way? Um, I don't think so, but I don't know whether that's because that's what I genuinely think or because, you know, me and you would be affected by that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, like, I, you know, I love like automating things and things that can make my life easier. And, you know, like in previous jobs, I've used like bots to help schedule interviews and like all that kind of stuff, you know, like it's so helpful and, you know, I love it, but you know, can, I don't think a bot can kind of like really get to understand somebody and what they want and like what they don't. And sometimes they don't even know that themselves. And yeah. it's just kind of like helping them figure it out. And, you know, I've been doing it with people internally as well, like helping them figure out like, what do I want to do with my life? Like it's a hard yeah. question. And one that most of us don't have the answer to. Um, yeah. And I don't think, you know, bots or, you know, tools or automation will completely get rid of that. Um, because, yeah, I, I think that's too tricky a question um, to answer. So yeah. no, I was hoping you'd say that, to be honest, because that's my <laughs> sense as well. So I'm happy with that answer. That, that's a good answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guess to, to, to finish off then um, our, our chat, and, and I can say, guys, we're going to have a chat with, with Heather and Tom on, on, on Street Group and really delve into that in a lot more detail, which I'm really excited about. But I hope you've seen, like, a, the passion you have for the – for the company and the industry and the, and the culture, what you're creating there um, anyway. But yeah, to, to, to finish off, what, what kind of advice would you give for a, a lonely recruiter out there in the world at the moment, you know, starting off, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Because obviously you've been very successful. I mean, it's, it's plain to see on your, on your LinkedIn and your, on your CV, you know, what kind of advice would you give out then? What's the best piece of advice you could give back out? Um, that is a very question um that I didn't let you prepare for this one as well am I? I, I don't let no this is this is the surprise one nice question at the end yeah. um for me I think probably the best piece of advice like not just for recruiters but for anyone really is to kind of like spend a bit of time figuring out what it is that you enjoy like you know there's there's certain tasks like on my to-do list that I'm like yes I've got to this one like can't I'll just get on with it like can't wait to do it and then there's other tasks where I'm like oh no and I'll skip it and just go on to the next one yeah. and you know those kind of like finding out what kind of you know fills you with energy and like fills you with excitement and doing more of that will yeah. make you be more you know successful um and it sound, might sound a bit woolly but it's definitely something I've you know figured that's like helped me you know at one point I thought I wanted to get out of recruitment completely um, but when I th thought about what I actually enjoy which is like building relationships you know talking to people like I'm so curious about like other humans like they're just yeah, so yeah. interesting and strange and like you know fascinating um and you know kind of solving problems and like having ownership you know it was kind of that I realized that's what I really enjoy and that's what I like found you know I specifically went out and looked for you know roles like this one yeah. Um, because that's what I realized, you know, was going to make me happy and successful. And, you know, thank God I found it. I was very lucky, I have to say. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for, for anyone, like, you know, for recruiters, maybe you enjoy like writing content more than you like, you know, cold calling, like do more of that. People will see it and engage with it and, you know, see how authentic you are and it'll, 
you know, trigger something, not in everybody's minds, but in the right kind of, you know, people's minds that you'll end up, you know, working with and, and doing well with. So yeah, that'd be my advice. No, I think that's brilliant advice. So guys out there, you know, do what you love and, and basically <laughs> you'll have a good time doing it as well. So it's even better. There you go. It's so we... funny that that's what it boils down to. I literally have a mug that says that, that I bought like, yeah. you know, 15 years ago or something. Like do what there you, you love. There you go. See, there you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. And no, if you want to learn more about that, I've been reading this really interesting book recently called Think Like a Monk. Um, and yeah. he he basically goes into like this idea of Dharma, which I'd never heard of before, but it's when like your purpose and your kind of skills and, you know, serving others all comes together as one. And it's like, you know, what he says is one of the keys to a happy life. So if you're interested in that, then I would recommend. Yeah, well, what we'll do, we'll throw a little tag on that as well and make sure people have a, have a link to, to the book. Uh, yes. Why not? Why not? Maybe we'll get some affiliation, uh, uh, you know, money or something like that. I don't know. But no, listen, Laura, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Genuinely, I mean, I hope we've we've provided some insight for the guys out there watching, um, and I hope you know we've we've helped some recruiters out there with with what they want to do, and and they understand the transition, and maybe you know they'll they'll get some business off the back of it, and and hopefully you know improve their skill set and and do what they love as well, and be happy, which is which I think is a, a nice sentiment and maybe something will will stick as the, the banner for this um, particular <laughs> podcast. But no, listen, yeah. it's, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you for taking the time out to, to do that. No worries. Thanks for talking to me for my yeah. podcast debut. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And I think a good one at that as well. Fantastic one. And yeah, we'll, we'll be hearing more about Street Group as well, guys, as I say, um, when we when we sit down with her and Tom on on making it as well and, and we'll get really into into that and find out the story and get a bit more of that backstory you mentioned as well and, and make sure and make it clear brother and sister guys that, that that's important <laughs> yeah i'll make sure i remember that one but yeah no listen thank you again uh, and and all the best for you guys at street group no worries thank you so much no worries cheers <laughs>